You're listening to the B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. I'm Jeremy Shear, and my guest is Andy Lavelle, Director of Demand Generation at ZeroCater. Andy, it's great to have you on the show. Thanks, Jeremy. Thanks for having me, man. I'm excited to chat about content, marketing, anything else you want to chat about, man. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about ZeroCater. Yeah. So at ZeroCater, we're revolutionary or we're revolutionizing the way companies feed their people. You know, that's kind of the one liner. But, you know, in a nutshell, pre-COVID, it was really hard to feed a large group of people at your company. And now that, you know, companies are returning to office, it's even harder. And we had this uncertainty around who's going to be in the office today, who's going to be in the office tomorrow. And with traditional caterers and other meal program companies, no one could really handle that scaling up and scaling down of headcount when there's that uncertainty. So at Zero Cater, we build really complex meal programs that are really built and, and highly tailored to that return to office in this new hybrid workforce model. Okay, very cool. And before we dive into our main topic today, tell us about a memorable marketing moment from your career. Yeah, I'd say probably the first time that you know, I'm Googling the, the, the type, the, the top keywords that we're going after and seeing us on page one in Google. So that was just like a mind blowing moment after years and years of, of effort. Like back when I started at Zero Cater many years ago, we would look up office catering, corporate catering, business catering. And, you know, unless you're on page one, you're kind of in that Google graveyard and we weren't on page 50. So, you know, years of, of, of crafting content and generating really good, you know, pieces of, of content and shareable infographics and doing all of our research that day when I, I, I'm just kind of doing my checks and seeing how we're ranking, seeing us on page one and, and creeping up towards that rank one position was probably the biggest win and, and the most memorable moment for me. And sharing that with the team and the CEO, finally being able to say, here we are, was, was really awesome. Yeah, I can understand that. Right. <laughs> it's like a, a marathon journey, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Wow. Very cool. Well, and that's, in a lot of ways, that's what it's all about, right? The whole goal of content marketing is to, or one of the main goals, I should say, is to appear on the first page. That's what it's all about. So very cool. So, all right. So now our topic today is coming up with good ideas for content, right? And you were just mentioning, you guys have spent years building out content to get that ranking and it ain't easy to, to really come up with the best content. So, well, let me just start with like, what is challenging for you guys about coming up with good content ideas? Yeah, we're, we're quite niche and we have a, a quite niche audience too. Like generally it's office managers, facilities managers. And, you know, I've been with Zero Cater for quite some time and, you know, early on the content strategy was easy, right? We need to write about pain points that office managers are feeling around feeding their employees and how Zero Cater can help and relevant, you know, food at the office topics like that. But after so long, you can only write about that or, you know, relevant topics so many times. So we've kind of shifted to be more of a thought leader in this industry, not just around food, but around overall workplace engagement. So not just writing about like how, you know, feeding your employees can improve engagement, happiness, help you retain employees, but also things like how to celebrate diversity at the office or, you know, celebrate company milestones. And then even, you know, more serious topics, like say there's a national tragedy, like how do you approach that at work with your employees? Like some people might need time off or, you know, do we, do you cancel meetings that day? Like, is it bad taste to, you know, sit down over a meal and kind of discuss this? Like there's all these different things to write about that just 
you know, craft you as an industry leader, not just in employee engagement around food, but overall employee engagement, workplace retention and happiness at the office. And I will say, you know, pre-COVID, we were like, it was a little tougher coming up with ideas. But now that companies are returning to office, there's a lot to write about because this is just such a, a new problem. Like, how do you return to office? How do you create a meal program around the hybrid workforce model when you don't know who's going to be in? And then say you have a meal program in the office and people are at home and they don't want to come in. Like, how do you make sure they're taken care of as well? So it was getting pretty tough there pre-COVID, but man, I'm, I'm sure all of our, us content creators out there now have a lot to write about when it comes to, you know, the new workplace model in a post-COVID world. Right. Okay. It's kind of maybe one good thing about COVID. Yeah. One. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> not, I mean, not really, obviously, yeah. but, but you're right. I mean, it, it, it does bring up a whole new set of problems that, if, yes. you know, that gives you stuff to write about. So, but in any case, it sounds like generally your main strategy there was to just broaden the scope of what you were putting content out there about what you're writing about. Yeah. And sometimes we'd broaden it a little too much, right? So, you know, we didn't want to just write about food in the workplace. And, you know, we started writing about more workplace robust topics around engagement and retention and attracting top employees. You know, we engage, sometimes we'd expand a little too far. And I'll give it a good example that one of our highest performing blog posts of all time was a, a topic titled Energy Boosting Foods for Breakfast. So we wanted to write about food, but that was a little too far on the B2C side. We now get a ton of traffic that isn't really relevant to, you know, the type of audience that we're looking for, but it's a really, really good piece of content that gets shared a lot on Instagram and quoted in, in different articles and blog posts around the net, literally one of our highest uh, driving traffic blog posts. And then in second place, we have a much more relevant post, how to celebrate company milestones in the office. So that was a big win. That's a huge article that brings in a lot of relevant traffic that is relevant to our audience. But the energy boosting food ones, good article, but you know, we learned that a little bit too far outside of the scope of what the type of content we're looking to create. Right. So you're getting traffic there from just any random people who are like, yeah, I want to get energy from breakfast. Sure. You got they moms not... Googling, like, how do I wake up in the morning? You got somebody who has a long drive ahead of them that is Googling, you know, better, better food for me to wake up in the morning, better energy breakfast and not quite interested in company catering, but still it's a really good topic. Right. Okay. So obviously there's sort of, you have to be mindful about how broad you're going. That's right. Right. And yep. I'm sure sometimes it's, you know, you only find that out once you put something out there and like, oh yeah, wait, we needed to make this a little bit more specific. So now you mentioned that some of those broader topics that you're writing about, like diversity in the workplace, celebrating milestones. I mean, obviously there's already a lot of other content out there on those same topics, right? Mm -hmm. Do you have a way of creating that content that sort of helps cut through the noise? Like, do you give it a particular spin from your point of view? Like, or how do, how do you create that content so it's actually going to, you know, get more attention given that there is already a lot of that stuff out there? Yeah, well, what I will say is there's no shortcut, right? There's only one way to outrank or, you know, provide better content, and that's by creating better content. So say there's an article out there, you know, around how to celebrate company milestones. Like if that's something that we want to rank for, or, you know, we believe we can create a better version of that. Um, we see what's out there, you know, literally Google that, see what sort of pieces are ranking and just do a better job. You know, there might be a, a, a thousand word 
you know, doc or article around that, create one that's 3000, you know, fill out things that might've been missed in that. If theirs is all text and you want to rank for that, create really shareable infographics or a video or an MP3, a podcast, you know, just do a better job than what's out there. And over time, if it's good content, it's going to rank. If people are sharing it, it's resonating, it's going to rank. Google's looking at all these different signals, not just, you know, coming to the page, but how long you're on the page. Do you share that page? Do you go to another page because you're like, this is good content. I want to see what else is out there. So Google, Google can cut through the noise and there's no shortcuts except creating good content. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that's a good message to hear. Yeah. And I, (laughs) you know, I guess there's a lot of incentive for busy, overworked marketing teams. I mean, are there any that aren't? Right. Exactly. To to find any way to make it easier or shortcuts, right? Is there any way to like scale this? So we're not, but maybe the answer is no, not really. You just have to make every single piece of content as good and as rich as it can be. And I'll talk about this probably more later as we get into more of the SEO side, but yeah, you have to kind of write with SEO in mind as well. Like you can write a really, really good article, but if you don't do the simple things that Google needs you to do, like make sure the title tag is good, make sure you have a meta description, make sure that you have like an open graph image if this is shared on Twitter or, or Facebook. Like there's all these little tiny little checkboxes for SEO that you need to be aware of, not just writing good content, but making sure the post and your, your content mm-hmm. is readily digestible by Google, in a, by Google in a way that they're ready to digest it in and they're happy with. Right. Okay. So, so speaking of which now I know you guys work with a, an agency, talk a little bit about that sort of the pros and cons with, of working with an agency compared to doing stuff in-house. Yeah, for sure. I'll start with the pros and we've been with our agency for a long time, almost ever since I started. So five plus years. And, you know, when you find one that you like and that you vibe with, like, it's, it's really a, a really good thing. And, you know, they start to learn, how, you know, the type of tone that you want to write in your business goals, like really the types of personas that you're targeting, but, you know, finding one is, is really hard, you know, finding a really good one is hard. And like I mentioned, like an, an actual agency is going to know not only all the ins and outs on creating really, really good content, high quality content but also what you need to do from an SEO standpoint. So I mentioned like not only creating the really good content, but little things like if you have images in your blog post or images in your content, those need alt tags so that, you know, Google and accessibility crawlers can read that in a way that, you know, they want it set up for. So, you know, you find one that that you vibe with and after many, many years, like they're going to crank out really, really good content, but it comes at a price. And that kind of moves to my cons. Like, it, it, there's no shortcut. Like I mentioned, like you can build a team and that costs money, but you can also pay an agency and that's going to cost a lot of money to create really, really good content. You can really run into a lot of shady SEO content agencies. Anybody who says, yeah, I can get you to number one or yeah, I can get you to page one in you know, six months. Like that's a red flag. There is no shortcut. If you're looking to spend, you know, a hundred bucks on a blog post, you're going to get a blog post that looks like you spent a hundred bucks on it, right? A hundred, a couple hundred words, not very well-researched content, nothing really shareable in there, nothing, you know, that isn't out there already. And then with a, with an agency, you really can't move as fast. If there's a really hot topic that you want to start ranking for and capitalize on, we're talking three to four months between like topic ideation and, and post date. So agility, definitely a con with working with an agency, but you really just got to take a look at your short-term, long-term goals, who you have on your team, you know, the budget for hiring and, and see if, you know, building out your own content team or an agency is the better fit for you. Okay. And as you mentioned, it's 
can be tough to find just the right agency. How much is that a matter of trial and error? And how much of it is doing enough research beforehand and then being able to target the right ones? Yeah, I think, you know, writing down your goals and exactly what you need. And, you know, like I mentioned, your short-term strategy and long-term strategy. So short-term is like for us at first, we needed to write content around all the different types of food cuisines that we offer. And we partnered with a pretty good agency here in Chicago that did a good job. And they wrote out, you know, the bulk of our content but it wasn't really high quality, but it was what we needed for the short term. We then had them work on like a 3000 plus article with like a shareable infographic. And it wasn't that good. Like they did a good job with the the easy stuff. Like they were good for what we needed them for. But when we needed really high quality content with really nice infographics that are super shareable and digestible, like something that people would want to like reshare on Twitter, retweet, you know, make it, make their own Instagram post because the content was so good. The first agency we worked with didn't really do a good job, but they were super cost effective for what we needed them short-term. We ended up moving on from them for the long-term because we knew, we knew that there was no shortcuts to starting to rank for office catering platform. We knew it would take three to four years of, you know, two to three pieces a month, high quality content. And we found a really high quality agency that really focused more on the content side versus the SEO side, which is your evergreen content, content that's going to take a couple years to rank for. So yeah, it, it's a it's a mix of both. Like my my advice would be write down your short term goals, three to six to nine months. Write down your long term goals, one two three years, and just talk to different agencies and see what their approach is. It, again, no shortcuts here. It's going to take a while to actually rank for some of the keywords you're going after. But yeah, it is a mix of trial and error. As well, mm -hmm. okay. Because I, I guess as you go, your goals might change. That's right. And as, as you get some experience working with an agency, you'll learn what they're good at, what they're, what they're not good at. Yeah. And the you funny thing is we, bent, we went back to that initial agency to write content in the future when we needed not as high quality content, but more quantity. So we actually mm -hmm. kind of partner with two of them now, one who specializes in just cranking stuff out and one who like really takes their time and creates high quality 3000 plus word shareable content. Hmm. Okay. And you know, one of my takeaways from our discussion so far is, and you've used this phrase a few times, no shortcuts Yep. for, for mm -hmm. really ranking it's, and I guess that's good. I mean, I kudos to the Google algorithm the whole point being to the stuff that ranks highest is actually the most valuable, the most in depth, the most useful for what people are searching for. At least that's the idea. Yeah. When I started as a marketer, it wasn't that hard. It was a lot easier to do some of this gray area techniques like keyword stuffing in the comment yeah. forms and literally just putting up a page on your website that held a thousand words of keywords that you wanted to rank for. But that sort of stuff got a lot of people blacklisted. And, and nowadays there is just no shortcuts. You have got to just be the leader. You have to create really good content and not just written content, you know, you know, as well as I do, audio is, is huge too. video, you know, all that has to combine into a really good content strategy for you to be seen as a thought leader and for Google to consider you, you know, with that domain authority. Mm. Okay. Well, as they say, content is king. Content is right? king. And that has not changed. <laughs> I, and I guess that's why it's king, right? Yep. That's sort of what, what that actually literally means. Okay. So well, one more, one more question for for marketing teams that are struggling to come up with content ideas, like we were talking about earlier, mm -hmm. what's your advice? Where do you begin the process of generating a bunch of new ideas? 
Yeah, for us, it was, you know, we just looked at the market, you know, looked, I mean, sometimes it's as easy as if you're number two, number three, number 10 in the market, look at your competitors, see what they're doing, do it better. You know, if there's a weak piece of content that you think you can outrank them for or create a better piece for, do it. You know, they don't reinvent the wheel, look at what they're doing and do it better. And then, you know, initially, you know, when we started our content strategy, we thought, here's what our customers want and, and we're going to create it. But we didn't really ask our customers. And that was definitely a learning moment for us. As we started to kind of finish up all the low-hanging fruit of content that we hadn't created yet, and we really started to struggle with ideas, we created focus groups with our customers and said, you know, in your downtime, what do you want to read about? You know, what what could help you at, at your job and, and at work? And we created that for them, whether that's, you know, a, a simple digestible blog post that's more fun, whether that's an infographic or a more in-depth ebook or white paper. We literally asked our customers what they wanted to see. And then, you know, say you have an internal team and, you know, you're kind of hitting your wits end. You can't come up with new content that resonates. Just take a session with a consultation and, you know, go out and, and talk to a couple agencies and you don't have to hire them, but, you know, just pay them for, you know, a couple hours of work to do some research. And they'll, they, they might be able to do a more complex deep dive on your industry, your company, your website and the gaps that you have. Even if you want to keep rolling with your awesome internal team, talk to an agency, see if they can help you out with some ideas. Okay. Great advice. Like that a lot. Well, Andy, thank you very much for a great conversation. Really enjoyed it. Of course, man. Happy to be here and happy to, to chat about demand gen, content, everything in between. It's been a good chat, Jeremy. That's it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at conversa.com. That's C-O-N-N-versa.com. The B2B Content Show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting. Check us out at conversa.com to learn more about how we help B2B brands start podcasts to connect through conversation with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.